Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcasts. Hello, Andy. How are you? It's uh, season five, episode eight. Back from vacation. Back from when we said when you were gone, we said that you're off on assignment. Yeah, so now he's back to work. Some stuff you'll see coming up here in the next couple three months. I'll put together some good stuff. We're on season five, episode number eight. This is a songs edition. We're going to do an album review today. Today's uh, December twenty eighth. December 28th, 2023, our last songs edition of the calendar year. And we've got a good one. And then after the review, we've got some updates on concerts, music, tours, and all sorts of Yes, fun stuff. So we're going to do Alice. uh, We're going to do Jerry Cantrell today. Now, Jerry Cantrell, lead guitarist for Alice in Chains over the years, and um, went out and did a solo, started a solo career. Yeah. Very, Very good. This is his debut, really, debut album. Boggy Depot. And so that's what the one we're going to cover here today. Um, you're not a big Allison Chains fan. You're not a big Jerry Cantrell fan. I am. Uh, I'm hoping if, if any questions or whatever comes up, because um, I got into these guys later in life uh, and really, really enjoy all their work. A lot of the grunge scene in, in the Seattle. Jerry Cantrell, one of those, of course, grew up in Tacoma after his uh his, uh, his parents divorced, and <clears throat> there's some good stories there, how he tries to, uh, he got to know his, his, his dad real well after uh, being living with his mother growing up after the divorce, but really making sure that he features his father in a lot of this, uh, a lot of his solo work. Now, Boggy Depot is a place in Oklahoma, Andy. Okay. Old, old Cherokee or Indian area, kind of a location, very popular spot in Oklahoma, and his dad lived near that area when he was a youngster, when he was a young child. And so he went back and got this album cover, uh, kind of playing in the pond there, covering himself up with mud after he got to uh, uh, know his father. Now, Allison Chain's song Rooster is about his dad and about his uh, story in Vietnam because he was a Vietnam War vet spending three or four years, I think, over there. And uh, once he found that out and got you know hooked back up and got a relationship with his father, a lot of these songs uh, connect back with his dad, so he's kind of paying homage here. But Boggy Depot, solo album by Allison Chain's guitarist and vocalists. The album was named after a ghost town in the same name in Oklahoma where Cantrell's father grew up. In addition to singing, Cantrell also plays guitar, piano, organ, steel drums. He produced the album along with Toby Wright. Now... The others. Now, when you, when you do a solo album, Andy, you're well aware of you can you know go ahead and do a solo album, but you can't. You need to get your musicians. You need to That's get right. who is going to be playing. Who are you going to ask to play on the album? And so Cantrell uh, does all the vocals, of course. He does all the uh, lead and backing vocals, lead and rhythm guitars, and some other things as well. But he had to go get some work. So Mike Inez brought in to play bass. He's another. Allison Chain's guy brought in Sean Kinney to do the drums on the entire album. Another Allison Chain's guy. So when you take the late Lane Staley out of the mix, uh, three of these songs are just like Allison Chain's without Lane Staley. So right. you're going to get the feel of that on some of these songs. It's 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 a not a rip off, not a light version of Allison Chain's, but a very similar kind of a sound. But then he brought in Rex Brown to do the bass guitar work on a bunch of other tracks. Uh, have you heard of Rex Brown before? I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, I heard he's he's a pretty good, well-renowned guy. You are going to know probably Les Claypool. Yep. Les Play, uh, Claypool is on two tracks on 
base as well. And then they also bring in John Norwood Fisher on some various different tracks. So very interesting work here. Here's the songs. First song is called Dick Eye. Dick Eye. Song two is Cut You In. Song three is My Song. Now, all three of those songs were the first three released as singles. And this was in 98. So... This was 1998 is the album when it came out. And then it cut out, it released these songs, and it really went kind of pretty good. You know, they they hit the charts. There were top 10 in the charts, two of these three songs. He made music videos for Dick Eye and Cut You, I mean, my song and Cut You In that did very well. Um, and you would have heard them on the radio. They got a lot of airplay because Cantrell was big with Allison Chains at the time. So on the rock stations, really played. They had a lot of spins uh, of those the song "Cut You In," the music video has a uh, has a scene with his father playing the sheriff in the music video. He had some very good music videos as well. But you could tell I, the one thing I like about it is he's got his dad involved in a lot of this stuff on his single uh, stuff. And so here is the songs. Those are the first. Those are the first three. All very good. They're going to sound a lot like Alice in Chains. They're going to be radio-friendly kind of songs. Now we get into song four, Settling Down. Song five, Breaks My Back. Song six, Jesus Hands. Song seven, Devil by His Side. And some of these are slower, mellower songs. Once again, the lyrics are all Cantrell, so it's got all the emotion in real life. Stories in real life situation of uh, going through desperate times and stuff. He was an uh, you know an, an alcoholic for many years, going through all this. Didn't sober up till I think it was around 2002, but really struggling with lots of things in life. And once again, the grunge comes out because you uh, you throw this right out into the open and yeah. put everything right out in the open, wear it on your sleeve. Song eight is keep the light on. Song nine satisfy. Song ten hurt a long time. 11, Between, and song 12, Cold Peace. Andy, this total 12 songs is 62 minutes and 34 seconds. That, that's one thing about this album. I don't think it needed to be that long. It's a lot of good work. I love it. Uh, don't get me wrong, but does it need to be 62 minutes long, an album like this? Your thoughts? Well, there's not a lot of guitar solos in it. I mean, there is, but they're not the long, played-out guitar solo. Um, he had, what, 12, 13 songs on it? 12, 12 songs, yes. So each song three minutes long, that or you know, that would put you at forty minutes. So he's about four minutes long. They were kind of long songs, but then again, weren't Allison Chain songs kind of longer? Also, I think so. I think so. You know, when you go back so, and look at it, that could be. Well, that's all you know. At least he was consistent with the length on them all too. I think I look at the song listing, the track listing here. Five minutes, uh, four minutes, six, seven, five, four, 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 you know. Or three and a half. I mean, the last one's an eight and a half minute song. That gets a little kind of dragged out. Yep. Um, seven minute song. But the rest are all about four minutes. He's kind of telling a story on them all. So it's got it. You got to kind of drag it a little bit. Yep. Um, I Should he have maybe done only eight songs, done a 45 minute album and kept the other four? And see what happens. He didn't know how often he'd do these solo albums. Uh, when did this album come out again? I'm sorry. 98. So it was pre-pandemic, so you can't blame it on that. So he was just in the writing mood. Why to get him out? And the great thing about something like this, when a guy from a band does a solo album, 
he can get all these other people in to join him to help out do the album, which is great because you're not really putting together a band to tour. I don't think you ever planned to tour for this unless a couple songs blow up and then you go from there. But you look at who he had on bass guitar with him. I mean, uh, Rex Brown from Pantera. Uh, Les Claypool from Primus. And then John Norwood Fishbone, basically, he had on there. Um, from the funk, punk band, you know, Fishbone was there. And that's also where the the um, Horns guy came from, too. He was also in uh, uh, some other funk bands, too. So he mixes that up. If he was to tour with this, I don't know who he would have picked for a bassist because these other guys were in other bands, too. So, you know, would he have had the Allison Chains guys go with him? Don't know. But it was a good little mix. Um, I did listen to it last couple days at work. It was did the uh, did the, did the popular songs. Uh, did they, you did you remember those uh, singles at all? Kind of, but not a lot. Remember, this was '98, Dan. This was my dark country years. So, oh uh, yes, yes. So, and '95 to 2000 is kind of a dark time in my life. Um, so yeah, they, they were solar, on, but, I don't. I don't remember a lot of these, but after you know getting into Cantrell later on in my life, I I, I do remember a little bit. Maybe if you know Airplay, uh, uh, you know ninety three X or something. I yeah. can't remember, but none of these were were songs that I you know had remembered at all. As far as being or if I did hear them, I didn't associate it as his solo stuff. I maybe thought it was Allison Chains because it did sound a lot like it. Hence, he was from that band and wrote for him. You know, yeah. Um, but it was it was good. It was um. I saw how it was all listed as grunge in this app. To me, this was just nice rock and roll. You know, um, I didn't consider hard rock or heavy metal or anything like that or grunge. It was just good rock music to listen to. Yeah, the, the genre does list it as grunge, alternative metal, alternative rock, and heavy metal. And I think some of the songs in there may maybe touch on some of those. But in general, there's a lot of – if you put this – album in to play it uh, to rock out to that's that's not gonna work no uh, if you're gonna have to play in the background some, some mellow stuff uh the guitar work I, I would listen to once through all the way through just the guitar work on his uh yep. very very good the drums yeah, of course is the bass is good but the lyrics the the songwriting the composition has yep. got some different different things to it kind of the grunge feel to it but um very good. You know, he didn't get into a solo career, Andy, until he did a song for the movie The Cable Guy. Okay, that's right. So yep. that, that song that Jerry Cantrell released called Leave Me Alone was was for the movie soundtrack The Cable Guy. And he did that, you know, released that as, as a single. And that was before this came out. So he was playing with that. Now, back in the time when this was going on, Allison Chains, the band, was not broke up. They were kind of on a hiatus. Lane Staley was was in and out of uh, drug addiction and not wanting to do anything. And so these guys were sitting around a lot of their time. I don't want to put words, you know, I don't want to say they're, you know, you know, fiddling their thumbs with nothing to do. But Cantrell was like, look, I need something to do. He's like you one of those artists we talked about you want to put it out, yeah. And he's like, I've got creative juices. He's very creative, very artistic guy and says, I, I got to do something. I can't just wait around for the band to, to get better. And so he released this. It was no shot on Lane Staley. He wasn't okay. stepping on anyone's toes. He just did this. Lane Staley says, "Hey, fine, go do what you need to do. I, you know, don't let me get in the way." 
and, and there so was more... musicians, these guys still had bills to pay too. Yeah, yes. you did a, you did a million dollar selling album. How many bands don't make a second one after that? You don't know. My name's still popular. I got to make money. And this wasn't a big, you know, a big production, a, a big release production to make money on it. Once again, he made money, got 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 it uh, done and sold a lot of records. Uh, it was nothing that was platinum. I think it was just a gold selling album. Yep. Perhaps I'm not sure what it was, but because of the creative juices were flowing, he wanted to get out and do this. And his song, his lead lead vocals, Andy. I didn't know that he was the president of the choir in high school. Yo. He was. A very good singer way back then, and I never knew that at all until I read uh, the background for this. I knew he was a musician, a very you know talented musician. His his parents had broken up; they had moved to Tacoma. He was living with his his mother, her boyfriend, the the dude she was dating. Well, uh, once uh, brought a guitar over and was playing it, and he and he's and Jerry's like, "Hey, you know, let, let me get a shot of that. I like the sound of that. That sounds pretty cool. Can I try it?" And after playing it a little bit, the boyfriend said to to his mother. Uh, you need to get this guy a guitar. You know, he, he's got the gift for the music. And so very, very talented guy and uh, started going on with this. And when he wanted to do this, it said that he, he had set a date with, with Columbia records here to say, I'm going to release it uh, on date X, you know, a year out. And, and again, as we know, these creative guys, it, the time comes and he's like, I can't get it done. Um, and maybe that's where, you know, do you need 12 songs? Uh, yeah. Does it need to be that well done and that well produced all these longer songs? And um, then by the time they set a date, finally, it got pushed back again. And then when they're about to release it, it got pushed back, I think, another month on the release. So very rocky. I think that was Jerry Cantrell uh, testing the waters there without having a uh, the band manager, Allison Chains, handling all this stuff. He was doing it all solo. So things got pushed back, but he's also in so much as a perfectionist that yes. i'm not going to let these songs get out without being perfect well yeah because i was i was in the break room the other day talking to uh, kevin and jeff yes and i was trying to explain things to him that jerry cantrell's voice is very professional sounding he's not just some guy who was a good singer at karaoke and someone said hey you gotta really fine-tune this and get a career no he was a you could tell he was trained and a professional singer so you could hear that in there, which was kind of – he's one of those artists you want to listen to the album. You don't want to sing along because he's got such a great voice, a clear voice. You want to hear it. Yeah, it's – you know, it's – it's a, I wouldn't call it a, a dark album, but it's it's no, sad. No. It's emotional. It's kind of a depressing thing. But it's – once again, it's his life, the things that he's going through, his life experiences. But – tremendous vocals i would listen to it once all the way through just for the guitar work knowing now that jerry's playing all the pieces uh you know yeah. the lead and the rhythm and then listen to it all the way through just the vocals uh, powerful stuff yeah. is what it is and so he went on to do a couple other solo albums and he's still active today as a solo artist i mean you can go see yeah. jerry cantrell when he comes to town on his tours i mean he's that's what he's yeah. doing now as a living very good uh some have gone out to say on some of these reviews, I couldn't believe it, but what I said is, you know, a very influential for our generation, a guitarist, uh, one of the most influential from our generation, uh, a music composer, one of the best in our generation. That I didn't know it was that profound until I started digging into some of this stuff, but I have since, I've, I've since, you know, bought in all the stuff that he's done, but this is his very first one. 
Interesting music videos, too, when you watch the music videos. Uh, this yeah. guy's got some creative juices, and it's MTV had a hard time even airing the second one that, that he did from this album. They're like, it's it's just there's too many things going on, too many creepy, weird things <laughs> that they yeah. had a problem with it. And here for the cover shoot, I'm going to stand in the swamp with mud, and you take the picture of me here, and uh, we'll go from there. Right. But that's Jerry. But that's all I've got for the Elmer View. Uh, it's good stuff. It's going to take some time if, if you're new getting into it. But uh, after if you're an Allison Chains fan, uh, you want to listen to this because the voice is, like you say, it's not just a backup guy that just took over. Right. He got into vocals later on in his life. Tremendous guitar work. But um, the vocals is what I think really shocks people, how good they are. Good and clean. All right, good stuff. Uh, I do recommend it. Uh, here's your other sheet here coming up, Andy. There it is. Like she says, best podcast anywhere. Yes, I like that. I you saw that argue. on social media. Can't argue with her. We can't, no. All right, here we go. The Bowl. Here's some concerts coming up for the next couple weeks, couple months around here. Um. Gen X Jukebox playing uh, 90s music playing this Saturday at the Bowl in Shakopee. If that's your your jam, as they say. Yes. New Year's Eve night at the Bowl. No cover at the door for the Shaw Brothers. Okay. So that gives you money for, what were the hams when we were there? Two for four bucks or something? Like you get a yeah, few hams with that $10 you saved. They're really good specials they've got. Yep. January 12th at the Bowl, four play, $10 cover at the door. $10, okay, $10, people, is not bad. It's a great venue, well worth the 10 bucks. Yeah, it is. It's a perfect uh, fee, I think, too. It's not going to scare anyone off, uh, mm -hmm. but it is well worth it. You're going to get there and say, when you leave the night of the show, whatever you're seeing, you're going to walk out the door saying, I got my money's worth. All right. January 26th, Matt Alice. We playing. We'll be going. And, and remember now, that Mad Alice is a cross between Mad Season, the, the grunge yeah. band from Seattle, and Alice in Chains once again. So you'll be hearing some of these songs um, at that show. And note the times is that opening band is on at 8.30, and Mad Alice hits the stage at 10.30. So people like us will have to get a nap that afternoon, but we'll be fine. Coming up at Medina, coming up here on Saturday, Leather and Lace, a tribute to Fleetwood Mac and the Women of Rock. So that's Saturday the 30th. Doors open at 7, at seven show at 8. America's Van Halen Experience Jump on January 5th. We'll be at Medina. That would be good. Firehouse and Suite on February 10th. The weekend before Valentine's Day. Romantic. The weekend before, the weekend before spring training. Ooh. Around the same time the Day 2500 starts. That's right. You want to watch the Daytona 500, take the lady to the concert the night before. Ultimate 90s Dance, Full House, the Ultimate 90s Dance Party, February 17th at Medina. NSYNC, uh, Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, Nelly, Britney Spears, Blink 182, TLC, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. So if that's your sort of thing, go. Or you can buy the cheap tickets like I do and sit in the back and watch all these fools jump around. Yes. Lee Greenwood, February 23rd, Friday night at Medina. Proud to be an American, Lee. 
And then Lita Ford with Steelheart. I like it. Now, this one, I'm thinking of going to. Andy, are you or? Um, I can. Restraining order has been lifted. It, um, oh, that's we're, right. It, yes. We're done with that now. Um, we've talked. I, I probably won't be able to sit in the front row. Just, you know, for, it'd be best for both of us. Maybe just sit uh, yeah, toward the back. back. A few rows back. Um, you know, but we got, we've got we moved on. Lita and I have moved on. It's a great. I like the uh, that uh, the cover there. Yes, that has a nice Steelheart logo down there. Yes, all I. And that car is cool too. Exactly. Docking and Bullet Boys Saturday, March second. Um, kind of a spendy one because they're they're major artists. Um, Don Dockin's only one of the original Dockin band up there. The reason I would want to go see Dockin is kind of like I want to see Tom Kiefer this year. His health ain't the greatest. I don't know how often you'll be able to chance to see Don Dockin anymore. So um, without him playing festivals and only getting an hour in or something like that. You want to hear a good Dockin set. His voice is still hitting it, but he's no spring chicken either. Um, he's yeah, he's been a, a veteran, so. veteran of the music biz for, uh, what, four or five decades now? Yes. Four? And he's had some health issues, stuff with his hands. So guitar playing is kind of hard for him. That's his love, so... Yeah, there we go. That's what I got, man. It was kind of short and sweet today. Uh, first day back in the saddle. Got to go a little slow. Take baby steps. Just just ease your way back in. Way yeah. back in from stuff. Um, we do have, like we've put on social media coming up. Uh, January, here's the uh, interviews. Lots of interviews coming up this month. Um, just be patient. And that's some, and that's some good the stuff. Attorneys are still ironing good stuff, stuff in out. February as well. Yes. Yeah. The attorneys are still ironing stuff out for some of the interviews. Finalizing that. Uh, yeah, that's paperwork. That's above my pay grade. That paperwork there. That's now, that's county's problem. Yes. Now, Andy, I, I forgot one thing, and you'll get a kick out of this. Is we're both Kiss fans, right? Yes. Remember in 1996 when Kiss got back together for the reunion tour, the huge reunion tour. I, I watched the unplugged episode on MTV. I was yes. I was giddy like a schoolgirl. You know, the, the, it was 1986. The Kiss reunion. They oh, they uh, started in Detroit. Uh, Cobo, not Cobo Hall, but they're in Detroit to um, you know to bless 96. the uh, the old 70 uh, 1975 Alive album was Cobo Hall Arena in Detroit. So that's where they started. They got back together. They got the guys together in 1996. It was huge. Well, who opened for them? Was Allison Chains? This was 1986. Oh wow! And see, yeah. I didn't know that. I also wasn't a fan of them, so I wouldn't have it wouldn't have done anything yeah. for me to see that. But it was after that show when they finished that tour. Is Jerry Cantrell said that he started working on his solo stuff? Is when he so that was think of it in terms of that the yeah. mindset, the time frame back then. It was 1986. Kiss it all was just, 96. 96. It all leads back to Kiss. Everything in rock. History leads back to Kiss one way or the other. It ties it. Uh, it ties. It all ties back. It's good stuff. But I saw that. I figure you'd get a kick out of that. I'm gonna give this one Kiss note down here since you said it. Um, the tour's done. They're officially done. They did a little hologram thing. I, I've turned in my Kiss Army card. Yeah, I think. I think no, most I'm, of us. Most of us have with all of the farewells and the final yeah, tour and the end of the road tour. 
It's uh, you know these guys are in their seventies for God's sake. To me, I'm going to throw the sports analogy in here. Watching their last few years or the holograms, it's like watching Harmon Killebrew with a Kansas City Royals jersey the last couple of years or something like you know the one guy goes on somewhere else. Jordan with the Wizards. It just it, it just doesn't look right. I just I don't want that to be my last memory of them in my brain. You know. Now, uh, speaking of Kiss, you know Ace Frehley just released his new. You know he's yeah. just done a solo solo work. That is a solo. very good album too. I've been he listening. Keeps to that. pumping through some stuff, and we could review certainly some of those as well. But his stuff good. is different than the Kiss stuff because it's it's fresh new things. It's not, um, you know, regurgitated old music on right. stage with some old timers up there. But his is he's releasing new original art uh, music. And, and it's good. And he's such a graphic artist kind of a guy, too. You know, even when you get the liner notes for these for the CDs yeah. or the album covers, he's more than likely the ones who actually did it himself. So yeah. he's very active. But that's that's good. But that's all I've got for tonight's episode. Anything else, Andy, uh, on Jerry Cantrell? No, no. I said good album. Good to listen to. It's one of those, like I said, one of those few voices you don't want to sing along to because you just want to hear that voice and appreciate it. Yeah, a lot of, lot of respect. It's some good stuff. All right, have a good week, everyone. See, See you next year. Well, <laughs> See you next year. That's Coach Mike coming out, yeah.